0: Hello and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me Gail and my amazing guest. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018 and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration, joy, and light, so you can find your own sober bliss. Hi everyone, and welcome to another edition of Sober Bliss. Meet with me, Gail. Um, And today I'm really excited because I'm joined by the absolutely gorgeous C.C. Reagan, all the way from my old neck of the woods in the UK, actually, which is doubly exciting. Um, welcome, Cece, it's so lovely to have you.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad that you've connected, not just because you are living where I used to live, um, but because your story is so inspiring. And also, what you do and how you do it, I think, is really inspiring as well um and i just can't wait for people to hear about it and get some inspiration for their own journey um so would you mind just jumping straight in and telling everybody a little bit about about you your journey and and then we can talk about what it is you're doing now in a bit more detail.
1: Yeah, of course. And thank you for saying that. I think that what you're doing is really inspiring and, and important work as well, which I know I said to you before, but I just think it bears repeating. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I obviously live in Newcastle, but as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm not from here. So I grew up in the States, in the South, in like North Carolina and Virginia is where I'm from. Uh, and at as of this moment, you know, one day at a time and all that, um, over six years sober, I celebrated six years of sobriety in January 1st of this year, which is 2022 as we're recording this. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, six years feels like a lifetime, especially, um, because when I was in active addiction, I never even thought that I would live this long. Um, I turned 30 last year. So, my journey has been a bit fraught, a bit up and down, and I am yeah. <laughs> blessed with an abundance of life experience and a, and a bunch of different things, which obviously helps me with what I do now with connecting with other people in it. And it usually means that when I do tell my story, there are little bits and pieces that different people in all walks of life can relate to in, in some form or another. So I do think that you know it, it's a gift in a way, but obviously it was very difficult at the time. So um, I started drinking when I was like 14, but I think those patterns of behavior started way before that because my dad was an alcoholic and he was very abusive. And I sort of learned these patterns of behavior that was like, you drink and you do the stuff. And then my mom, and and me and my sister would just make excuses for him whenever he wouldn't show up at like family gatherings or like you know cookouts or um, Easter or whatever the case may be. It was like oh he's tired from working he's whatever. When actually he was so hungover that like the smell of it like permeated the entire house. Like I have like very vivid memories of these things.
0: Wow.
1: And so I was taught that you just do whatever. And then you just lie about it (laughs) as long as everything looks okay from the outside, then it's fine. So I sort of emulated that behavior. And then in very rapid succession. um, So my, my parents had split when I was like 12, 13, the divorce like took forever. So that was sort of an ongoing kind of like ephemeral thing that was happening in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I was like 14, my uncle passed away very suddenly um, my dad had an unsuccessful suicide attempt literally like two weeks after that. Mm. Um, my mom had been sick for a while and was under investigation. They weren't exactly sure what was wrong. And then she was diagnosed with um, motor neuron disease or uh, ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. It's called different things in different places, which is a, a terminal illness with a life expectancy of like two to four years. Mm. Um, yeah. And then she had been seeing somebody, they decided that they were gonna go ahead and get married. <laughs> So they did, um, like a couple months later. and then she wasn't supposed to be able to get pregnant, but she fell pregnant with my baby sister, who I'm, I'm like 17 years older than. <laughs> yeah. So all of this happened within within a few months, within like four or five months. Yeah. And because of everything that was going on with mom being sick and all the other stuff, it was like, there was no space for me to have my own issues coping with everything that was going on. And because I hadn't really learned how to be honest or how to express myself properly because I had just emulated what I had learned about we do this stuff and then we lie and make sure everything looks okay. Hmm. that's just what I did so I knew that drinking was what my dad did to escape and he seemed to like it (laughs) and be pretty good at it so to speak yeah um so that's what I did the first time I drank I was going to get absolutely obliterated (laughs) and that's what I did and I, yeah (laughs) I know it's like I'm so used to talking about it. And it was so long ago. I I feel sort of like, I feel healed from it now. And so I'm able to talk about it in a way that maybe feels like a little bit dissociated from it, I suppose. Um, But like, yeah, it was really rough. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, you know, when you're you're 14, it's like, everything is terrible anyways. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, add on all this extra stuff and it was just like I had nothing I had like nowhere to put it I had no idea what to do or how to cope so yeah. um I got drunk uh I put myself in like not a great situation some like bad stuff happened to me that night but that didn't really stop me <laughs> yeah. I liked the feeling of not feeling it was like the only way that I knew that I could just like get a break from everything that was going on because I had no coping strategies. I'd never learned any. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I didn't have anybody that I could really talk to. So that's what I did. I, I drank and I continued to do that for a decade. During that time, uh, obviously my mom died. Uh, I got myself into uh, an, a relationship with an older guy. I was 16 and he was 25 when we got together, he was very abusive, I was in that relationship for seven years, I was like stuck um, until uh, I like almost lost my life and was able to like miraculously get out, like honestly I don't know like how I'm still here, it makes no sense to me, Um, so I know it must be for a purpose.
0: yeah Yeah. absolutely when you said miraculously get out you mean physically leave the house or Mm -hmm. wow okay
1: yeah it was like one of those situations and obviously i don't want to like trigger anybody who's like been through that sort of thing um but it was like it was a very like it was one of those situations and i was sure that i was like going to die there um and he just like walked away <laughs> and I don't know why he did that uh, and I was able to like call the police and leave that night and that was like when I, I was finally able to get out and um, and my drinking changed at that point <laughs> because obviously I had always been like under his thumb and I'd been with him since I was really really young so finally I had all this freedom <laughs> And I could go out to bars and I could uh, like online dating and and meeting people or whatever. And so um, my drinking, like I said, began to to change Uh, and I got again in like um, really dangerous situations and, you know, all of the the stuff that comes along with being a problem drinker or, you know, using whatever drug choice or whatever you put yourself in, in compromising situations but I eventually decided that I wanted to try and get sober and try and find recovery. And I just looked for a 12 step program because that's what I knew existed, you know, local meetings and all those things. And I did that for like a year Mm -hmm. uh, in and out, like on and off trying to get sober before I could like maintain any sober time. And then I finally was able to, (laughs) and now it's been, Six years, and the healing journey has been a totally other thing. But that's at least my experience with like active addiction and sort of like why it started and what it looked like for me.
0: Mm, wow, that is an amazing, amazing story. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah, yeah. Just let that sink in <laughs> to our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, and what? And you're just so positive and bubbly and lovely and smiling despite everything that you've gone through you're such an inspiration um and I guess that comes from the deep healing that you've done yeah so, so what's that look like it's looked very different
1: over time because the way that I think about it, and I've heard other people say this, and I don't know if there's been like studies on it or whatever, but, but from my personal experience is that when I started drinking, I was 14 and my emotional growth sort of stopped Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because there was no like processing happening. I was just drinking instead. (laughs) So when I got sober, like 24, 25, um, I didn't know like how to process emotions. I didn't even know how to recognize them, Mm. (laughs) let alone verbalize them. I had no idea how to communicate. I didn't know, like I didn't know anything. Yeah. So I was starting completely from scratch with this sort of like 14 year old, like worldview way of looking at things. and like a grown woman's (laughs) body. So I had to kind of figure out how to catch up. But what I've always done is write. I've, I've always written, I have like an Anne of Green Gables journal <laughs> from when I was like 11 years old. I still have it. Um, I always like, I wrote poetry in high school. I did like creative writing. I was like a part of, we had like a literary magazine that we like, it was like a club sort of thing that we all like put out together um, and like sourced poetry from different people in the school or whatever. I, I really loved stuff like that. Um, I wrote songs. I was like in, in a band for like a small period of time in high school. I played the bass. Um, and that is what I sort of always went back to. That is what I always leaned on. Like I said before, when I mm-hmm. didn't have anybody to speak to, there was nobody to listen to me. There was like all of this stuff going on and there was no space because how dare I have problems when my mom's dying?
0: yeah. yeah.
1: The thing that i always had was my journal i always had like a piece of paper and a pen um so even with there was nobody to listen to me there was there was a place (laughs) that i could go and just sort of like pour everything into and it, it literally was like pouring it out of me it was like downloading it from my brain and putting it on the page it was the only way that i knew like consistently to sort of whatever it was the only tool that i suppose i had and i maybe didn't even realize that it was a tool or a strategy to deal with anything. It just became a habit because I had done it for so long Mm -hmm. and I liked to to do it. So it was like, you know, just a hobby. But when I was in recovery and trying to get sober and trying to figure out, you know, who the fuck am I (laughs) outside of all of this stuff, um, you know, outside of like the trauma responses and outside of like the abuse and stuff like, what is this feeling that I'm feeling and and who am I and and what do I want for my life? And all of these like huge <laughs> existential questions, yeah. writing is the thing, you know, because I could say like, I f- am feeling really sort of like jittery and I don't know if it's nervousness and I don't know if it's excitement, but this is what's going on. And then I could like, I could sort of write down all the things and then look at it, or I could ask someone ask someone else in recovery or someone who I trusted and say like, Hey, this is like a thing that I'm feeling and I'm not really sure what it is. Can you like help me work through it? Mm -hmm. Um, And doing the steps as well was really intense. Um, But that was like a lot of writing too. you know, writing down things that had happened to me seeing like, what was my part in it? What was other people's part in it? like what guilt was i holding on to for things that i didn't even do mm-hmm. that was a big part of it and in the last few years my recovery has become more holistic i would say mm-hmm. i've like explored spirituality and things like that a little bit more i'm learning like tarot now and like crystals and stuff and and mm-hmm. i don't know like i don't they're just little shiny rocks and little cards and i don't know if they mean anything or do anything at all but like they help me they make me feel better and like that's all that matters i don't actually need to do anything but i was so closed off before um and now i just try to like be open-minded and seek things out and just trust my my feeling about them and if i like them then cool (laughs) and if I don't then that's cool too Um, but I just try to like approach life now from this idea of like I I find that I'm ambivalent about most things I have opposing ideas (laughs) about pretty much everything which allows me to stay (laughs) (laughs) open-minded because I have no like opinion really (laughs) Um, so that's kind of like what it's what it's transitioned into but I, I still do a lot of writing write a lot of poetry a couple of years ago I post uh, I published my first poetry anthology called wasted which is about my experience in addiction okay. um, it's all like poems that I wrote when I was in active addiction and then trying to find recovery and then in recovery mm-hmm. um, and it's only you know it's only just a, a little thing but it's gotten a, like a pretty good response and and it was cathartic to put that out there yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. Oh, amazing! Um, and you said that you don't do that much kind of writing now, um, but I would imagine you still do it for yourself. Do you still journal every day? All of that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's different than it was because it's not like I have to. I don't have to examine every emotion anymore. I don't have to sort of like put myself under a microscope and constantly check my motives all the time and and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I know who I am now and I'm able to trust my own judgment. And that wasn't the case before. So when I wasn't able (laughs) to trust my own judgment and I wasn't really sure like, okay, I want to like go out or I want to make this decision. Why do I want to make it? Mm -hmm. I had to really sort of, dig deep into myself and and check those things, you know, for fear of of relapse or, or was, you know, is this like some sort of self-destructive tendency coming out? Was this some like eating disorder noise? Was this, what, what was the thing? And now I know myself really, really well. So I don't have to write things down in the same way. Mm -hmm. Now it's more like uh, it's more a creative exercise. Mm -hmm. I think, um, because it is like a lot of poetry and stuff like that, my journal entries just tend to turn into poems <laughs> because that's, uh, that's how I like to write. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my, my journal is just like a, a, like a poetry book, sort of, and, and some are just for me, and some, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm looking to put into another book this year. But it's still the same concept. It's still working through things with writing. It's still like getting things out of my head that are really bothering me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just comes pouring out of me, but it just does it in a different, in a different way and for like a different purpose, I think now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about this briefly um, the first time we met and we'll go into this in a moment, but you said that the, the, one of the beauties and one of the joys of the journaling exercise is that you can write it down so it's out of your head. And then you can take a step back and look at it. And it's that space that helps you do what you just said, you know, figure out why am I feeling this way? What is actually going on? Do I need to act on this? Or is it just a crazy idea or whatever? Um, so for people who, and it's more than just journaling, but I'm just going to say journaling for the sake of it. it people who are you know curious is about journaling or they've never done it before or they've done it kind of half-heartedly um what is the beauty of it like why is it so powerful and how is it so helpful i think
1: because when everything is swirling around in our heads it can become something else you know like they say like the more times you remember any like memory, the more it sort of changes in your head. Every time you remember it, you change it a little bit. Yeah, And this happens with these sort of like cycling thoughts, these sort of things that you tell yourself, these things that you're constantly worried about, the grocery list, whatever the thing is, that's always like running around in your head. I must remember this. I must not forget this. Like, oh, that bad thing that happened to me just popped into my head. Let me watch a YouTube video on loud to distract myself, whatever the thing is. And it changes because you're thinking it all the time. And it might not even be true. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying before, I was holding on to a lot of stuff, taking responsibility for a lot of stuff that wasn't my fault, feeling guilty for being in that abusive relationship and staying with him for so long well when we got together my mom was dying I had been through all this abuse and I was 16 years old so that's not really my fault you know what I mean but when it's in your head you can't see it so writing gives you the gift of perspective Mm -hmm. it gives you objectivity about your own life and you can't get that just from thinking it (laughs) you can't um and just thinking things over and over doesn't get it out of your head so you can write things down that you're thinking you can just make a like a, a brain download or a mind map or you know whatever the thing is just make a list write down everything that you're thinking if this like thing keeps popping up in your head you can write that down like what are your emotions around it and then you can look at it if you're holding a resentment against yourself or against somebody else, you can, you can write a letter, like you can write it all out and say like exactly how you feel. And then you can set it on fire. And that's really cleansing as well. I love doing that. Like, and, and the people that I work with find that so cathartic and so healing and transformative, like spend 30 minutes to write a letter, set it on fire, change your perspective about your life. It's that, it's that easy and and that powerful it's and then also you can make art you know if you do decide that you want to make it into a, a poem or a story you can share it with other people you can change their lives and you can make something beautiful out of a difficult experience that you've been through like there's <laughs> i could i could go on forever <laughs> but
0: yeah. those are the highlights anyways <laughs> Yeah, because that's what you do, isn't it? You are a trauma a, a trauma, and recovery coach. Mm. And you do that through helping people. It's called write to heal, isn't it? One of yeah. the things that you do. Yeah. Um, so, of course, you can talk for hours about it. And I love it that you've taken this approach. Um, and I don't think it's an easy thing for people to do, um, writing. Because you've just said, oh, you know, you can... Um, make beautiful art with it you can write a poem, you can write a story you can write a list, a brain dump, all of those things but what happens if somebody is like but I can't write, I don't know how to write or I'm scared to write or like one of my um, members said, said oh whenever I write in my journal everything's fine it's all, woohoo, everything's so good, I'm doing amazingly well the sun is shining she says I don't tell the truth in my Mm -hmm. journal. Um, So how can we begin to use this amazing, wonderful tool to really help us?
1: Well, first of all, I wanna say that that's like totally normal. (laughs) We (laughs) do like hide from the things that we think are gonna be difficult. We specifically like don't address um, like traumatic or difficult things that have happened to us in our lives. And it is much easier to just pretend like everything's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Or write a shopping list ten times, which is what I did this morning. I write a big, long to-do list and then a shopping list. And then I write, oh, today I must do this. Today I'm chatting with Sissy. Today, blah, blah. And I think this is like how I do it. I think you have to write those boring, mundane, everyday things first just to get used to writing, and then something will pop up.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the thing is, is sort of getting into the habit of it and, and easing yourself into it. I think is a great way to do it. Like if you want to start a journaling practice, um, then a great way to start is with all the pink fluffy stuff, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, write things that you're grateful for, And then like write down things that you've done well, like at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like in the morning, write down three things that you're grateful for in the evening, write down three things that you've done well that day, you know, get used to celebrating your accomplishments because a lot of times we beat ourselves up. And the only thing that we think about is what we didn't do. Um, But if you want to dive a little bit deeper to get the benefits from journaling, which are so like, they've done scientific studies on the way that just writing things down, like difficult experiences that you've had in your life for like 15, 20 minutes a day has a measurable impact, even on your physical health. You know, they've done studies with like AIDS patients and measured higher lymphocyte counts. People who like actually wrote down for 20 minutes a day about difficult things that had happened to them. You know, after like two weeks, they measured their lymphocyte counts, their like white blood cell counts. Their immune system was actually higher than the people who didn't. And obviously that's what HIV does. It attacks your immune system. Um, They've done the same thing with, with asthma patients. Um, They've done like biopsies on people's arms and measured the healing times. And when the people talked about, like wrote down about difficult stuff that happened in their lives, they healed faster. There was a measurable impact, even like on their physical health. You could see it like objectively. So, but you have to talk about the stuff (laughs) that you don't want to talk about in order to get those benefits. And I find that the thing that is stopping people is because they think that they have to retell traumatic events, Mm -hmm. that they have to tell the story of the thing that happened. And they have to tell the story over and over and over again. But but you know what happened to you. (laughs) You know what happened to you? That's not what's important. How do you feel about it? What are the things that have come from that that have you've told yourself over and over that have now become beliefs about yourself that you now is like, has become a fundamental truth of your life? Well, those are big questions, aren't they? (laughs) So it's not super easy to just like, I'm gonna pull out my journal and I'm going to figure out my whole belief system and and figure that shit out. Like it doesn't really work like that. but a, a great awesome. thing to do,
0: with, isn't it? When people well, yeah. work with you, that's what you do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But a
1: great thing to do for people to do on their own. Um, and I'm going to, in the show notes, <laughs> you're going to put some, some prompts because I have some writing prompts to give people, but to look for writing prompts for healing mm-hmm. uh, and where you can't come up necessarily with those questions on your own, you might be able to find a prompt that sparks something in you. Um, And then you can answer, answer that. The idea is to write around the thing. You don't need to write about the thing. (laughs) What's important is how it's made you feel and how it's impacted your life and everything following on from that. So if you can find like prompts that will get you to look a little bit further, be a little bit more introspective, then you can do that. And maybe you only do that once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. because you want to be kind to yourself. Yeah. You don't have to do like all this work like super intense all the time. I mean, I have a 12 week program where we kind of do that. <laughs> but but you're in sort of like a group setting and you have me to help you and and this sort yeah. of thing like you need to make sure that you're being kind to yourself. But I think that um like doing some some more pink and fluffy stuff is fine and maybe a couple times a week add in some like deeper questions and start to deep dive into some things a little bit more and immediately you'll start to feel some differences
0: yeah yeah and I look at that you said to look for prompts healing prompts or journal prompts or questions um in my I do a 12-week program as well not on writing but there is a few journal kind of questions and there are detailed questions because Mm -hmm. I think that if you're just faced with mm. a blank journal or a blank piece of paper and a pen, you're like, oh my God, I don't know what to write about yeah. today. So that's when you start writing, oh, my cat just caught a mouse or whatever, and like mm. when she comes out. So the idea of prompts um, is so good for anything, I would imagine you could use these prompts for to totally. help you. Like gratitude, I love that. Like, three things are grateful for, and um, three things that you've done well that's so mm-hmm. important. Um, and when is a, a good time to write? When is the best time to write? Is there such a time?
1: It's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you sort of wake up in the morning and you're like a morning person, like, I wish I'm not. <laughs> But if you are and you sort of have that like vibe in the morning or whatever, you wake up before other people in your house, you have like a little bit of extra time for yourself or, you know, you can wake up a little bit early and do that, then do it. Um, If like the evenings or like at nighttime is when you feel like more creative and more inspired and more introspective or whatever it is, right then um if you're like a busy mom and you're like waiting in the carpool lane to pick up your kid and you can just like have a little journal in your bag and pull it out while you have that like five, 10 minutes while you're waiting for school to let out do it then. You know, it really is like whatever works best for you. The idea of like journaling or writing in general is just that it's another tool for like your your self-care arsenal, your wellness toolbox. (laughs) It's, It's not like a stick to beat yourself with right? It's not like I didn't wake up this morning in journal. So now I'm mad at myself. And you have another thing to beat yourself up over that. That's not the thing. The idea is that it's another tool, another thing that you can reach for that that can help you along your your healing journey, whatever that looks like for you. Um, So finding little times in your day that, that work for you, or if you're trying to make it into a routine, tack it onto things that you already do. You know, if you wake up in the morning and you like, Put the kettle on or start the coffee maker, or whatever, and you sort of like potter around in the kitchen. Like, put your journal next to the kettle.
0: Yeah, that's what I do. My journaling time is when I'm waiting for the kettle, um, and our kettle at the moment takes forever to boil. <laughs> <And then laughs> well, then you got lots of time to write. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and can can we just be clear that it's best to write with an actual pen or pencil? on paper as opposed to typing on a laptop.
1: Yeah, pen on paper is important. It like activates different parts of your brain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, I mean, done is better than perfect, right? So if you're super busy and all you have is your laptop, but you like, just want to write something down, then then do that. Don't stop yourself from doing it just because you're typing and it's like not good enough, right? You can still do that. Um, but pen and paper is really great. Or, you know, if you have like a tablet where you have a pen and you can like write on your tablet like that's cool too you know whatever works for you but but yeah old school actually forming letters <laughs> with a pen <laughs> is is the best the best way to go
0: yeah yeah and not worry about um I would say spelling or grammar or no. forming full sentences that make sense no. it's it's not for the people it's not really writing I would say this is it? it's just more about getting it out and it's for you nobody else exactly
1: it doesn't matter what it looks like and you don't have to show it to anybody you know but I do I I do a journaling workshop like a five-day one and I do a poetry workshop too and one of the poetry ones is uh the day the theme for the day is let's get weird (laughs) and I show like E.E. Cummings poems like he's my favorite poet and he wrote like he didn't use capital letters and he wrote sort of like all over the page Um, and it was like the the words and the way that he put the words on the page, you know it'd be like tumbling down the hill and he'd like stagger it down the page so you'd read it that way, it became sort of like part of it. And, and I do that like with my poems and everything. And it sort of gets people like they're writing stuff all over the page and they're making things with Canva. They're like drawing things or whatever. It's really, really cool. But mm. you can do that with your journaling. It doesn't need to, to look any certain type of way. You don't need to end it in your paragraphs and make sure that you spell everything properly and you capitalize things like you just, you know you can do it upside down or sideways or write the whole thing like in a spiral. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's yeah. for you.
0: Yeah. love that and one Mm -hmm. of my clients actually did that she would do a a visualization of her day um and she would do it like that in a spiral Mm -hmm. starting in the middle with her in the morning and then it would spiral out um so yeah i guess the message is to be you and to be creative and just to do whatever feels good
1: yeah get weird
0: yeah oh i like that get weird (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, so what else? Oh yeah, somebody said, um, I love the idea of journaling, um, but I'm a bit scared that somebody will find it either mm-hmm. now or mm-hmm. like when I'm dead and buried and they clear up my house. And that's the thing that's stopping this person. Have you had experience of that before?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. I do hear it a lot. Um, so I have thoughts and suggestions (laughs) um so the first thing is like if you want like a paper journal um an option is like to have a hiding space for it you know like maybe under your mattress or something like that if you're like worried about somebody finding it like you know going through your stuff or whatever Mm. um you could do like the whole tablet approach where you have like a like a password protected file or something like um, on like Google Drive, or you just have like two-factor authentication on your tablet or whatever the thing is, right? So that's an option as well. Um, you can you can burn the things after you write the things. You know what I mean? If you're not interested in looking back on it later, and you just want to get it out and get rid of it. Um, you know, safely setting things on fire uh, can be just as powerful as writing the thing down because it's like symbolizing letting it go and it's like a really tangible way of doing that I don't know it like unlocks something in your brain. somehow. It's really helpful so there's that as well, um, but if you do keep a paper journal or any of those other things and you're worried about you know people finding it after you've passed away. Um, you've already passed away, so you won't know the difference. So I wouldn't worry about that part too much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you won't be around to care. Will you by then? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you know, but somebody, the person who finds them, it might help.
1: Yeah. I mean, I still have all of mine and some of them are really sad to read and like, especially from when I was a teenager and Mm -hmm. mom was sick and I don't read them very much, but I still have them and I like to have them. And if somebody read them, then, you know, that's okay. Because like, that was my truth at that time. Like that was real for me and what I was going through and, and that's important. And I don't need to make myself small or pretend that I didn't feel that way for anybody else yeah yeah hopefully that's helpful
0: <laughs> very helpful yeah so kind of to summarize uh if we can um writing however you do it is extremely powerful in the recovery process mm-hmm. and in life in general I suppose. yeah it's a great tool yeah it is it is um and so i guess you would encourage people to to try it and just see if it works for them and um find a way I suppose to make it work for them
1: yeah like don't be afraid to to try different things like if you love the idea of maybe like you're like oh you know so many people say oh I could write a book or this would like make a great story or Mm -hmm. whatever like you can do that again like in my poetry challenge I do um like the first day is haiku which is like Yeah. It's just it's a three-line poem. The first line has five syllables, the second line has seven, the third line has five.
0: Oh, they're doing them at school.
1: Yeah. And they you can just bang them out. People become addicted to them. Like as soon as they get good at them, they're like everything becomes a haiku, but you can write them in your head while you're doing things. Mm. And it helps you to like stay in the moment as well. It like helps you with mindfulness. Yeah. So you're like being more mindful and making art. Like <laughs> it's it's so simple and it's and it's a great way to get started. So like don't limit yourself. Don't think like I'm not a writer or like I'm not good at like spelling and grammar. So like I can't do, you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. that doesn't matter, <laughs> or like, I've never written a poem, so I can't, or like, I'm scared to start journaling, because I don't know what's going to come out, like, that's the fun of it, that's the beauty of it, is, is the discovery, yeah. like, you get to learn new things about yourself, and, and discover different talents, and learn new skills, you know, don't limit yourself, just, just try it out, it's kind of fun.
0: It is fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um from my own experience, I started with Julia Cameron's The artist Way, the morning pages mm. bit. And yeah. at first it was so difficult. I struggled because it like I didn't know what to write. I was worried about my spelling and all of that. And it would take forever. But then mm. it does become a habit and you do get used to it. And it does now form part of my, my daily routine. Mm. So I would say as well to anybody, you know, give it a go and stick with it and just see see what happens because it is A lovely thing to do. I agree. yeah. And if anybody wants more support around it, because obviously when you're writing about the pink fluffy stuff and the shopping list and all of that, it's great. But what happens if they want more support around the difficult stuff? I mean, this is what you do. So how can we get support from you if we need it?
1: Yeah. So this is, this, this is my thing. I, yeah, this is like, this is what I help people with and it's, and it's incredible. I'm so like, I'm so blessed and so fortunate to be able to do that. Um, I run a free group on Facebook, um, for survivors of addiction, abuse and trauma to heal through writing. Um, and then I have like a private community where more of the magic happens called the right to heal community, which is sort of like a smaller space. It's like by application. So it's vetted. You know, I personally go through everybody's application to whatever. Mm-hmm. And not that I allow any sort of like weirdness in the free group, but I can't vet every single person. <laughs> you know, there's hundreds no. of people in there. I can't, I can't do that. Um. So, so there's that sort of thing. If you want like Calls, you know what I mean. We get on like Zoom calls and we talk about things. We have guest experts. I run workshops. There's loads of of support in there, and like and talk about writing prompts. You get there's years <laughs> worth of stuff in there. Um, but but I think you know my writing prompts, like my free ones, will be in the show notes, and you can hang out in my free group. A sort of like ask questions in there that that sort of like get you thinking, and and it's a, it's a space for other people who are on like healing and recovery journeys from from all sorts of different things, from from like addiction to just like trauma in general to other domestic abuse survivors. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just a space to hang out, but, but not to like, not to be toxically positive and pretend like yeah. everything is sunshine and, and butterflies and roses, but not to sit and wallow either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can be honest and see like the positive aspects and like difficult things in your life and that's that's sort of what it's all about so that's what I would recommend for the like additional support depending on what you need if you just sort of like want to test it out and hang out in the free group cool and if you really wanted to like dive in and like suck all the goodness out of it <laughs> then, <laughs> then the community is freaking incredible I love those people
0: <laughs> yeah oh it sounds amazing and the link so, both of those things will be in the show notes, as will be where we can get the, the journal from. Yes. Okay, lovely. So, just before we go, is there anything else that you want to say to our listeners? Any final bit of wisdom or support with either struggling with their alcohol use or indeed um, wanting to make a start and get into writing?
1: I just want to say because, like, because I, I've been there, yeah. I've been there, and it was so, like, it was so challenging, especially in the beginning. Um, anyone is capable of change if yeah. they want to, like, no matter how far down you are or if you don't think that you're far enough down the scale (laughs) or whatever the thing is that you're telling yourself, you know, like I still have my marriage and my home and my car and my job. So I'm fine. Or like, I've lost everything. So there's no hope for me or somewhere in the middle. Like there's always hope you can always change. If you want to, you can always develop new habits. You can like always become better. You can always know yourself more. Um, and there are people who are like you who like believe in you and will support you people like me people like you Gail um you know there is like there is space for you and you are loved (laughs) I just like I just want you to know that even if you don't believe in you I believe in you
0: yeah yeah oh thank you I really appreciate that so yeah you are loved you are supported you are not alone you're not alone exactly exactly yeah yeah Yeah. thank you that's it's been such a lovely conversation I really appreciate it yeah I really enjoyed it thank you
1: so much for having me it's been such a pleasure yeah I love it
0: thank you